the worship team, a beautiful moment. Good to see you in church. Can we welcome those that are online with us right now, and particularly the men of Lansing Correctional Facility. We love you guys. I was there, I was there on Thursday night uh, preaching on the Max side. We go once a month. We're, every Sunday morning, we were live there. We send a team there. Uh, so really, that's a location of our church. And, and now, once a month, we're always there for Bible study at the Max side. And it's, it is a great time. I love the brothers of our church there. God's up to something special, amen? Amen, amen. You guys can grab your seats. We're gonna jump into the Word. If you are new with us, haven't joined us for a minute, uh, we are going through the Bible together. And every week as we read the Bible plan as a church family, uh, I'll pull something uh, from that passage or, or, or from the following week that God's just really speaking to me. It's just kind of fun because I got a little Old Testament that we're reading through and a little New Testament. And you just kind of never know what you're going to get. And so today we actually, we start, uh, we just ended the book of Esther for such a time as this. You go, girl. Uh, and now we start the book of Job. No one's excited about that, okay? I understand, especially the beginning part. Uh, and then we're in the beginning of the book of Acts. And I think you already know, if you've been here a minute, if I have to choose between Job 1 and 2 or the early part of the book of Acts, you already know the answer. Turn to your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, 3, and 4 today. And I love, I love this passage that spoke to my heart today. I think it's going to speak to you significantly. In Acts, we have this 30-year story, 28 chapters, 30 years of the birth of the church of the living God. The Spirit of God comes in Acts chapter 2. 3,000 people are converted, baptized that day. Revival is breaking out. They're enjoying the favor of the city as so many people are coming to see Jesus as the Messiah, as the King. And then there's persecution that comes and the, the church begins to branch out. But everywhere it goes, even in the face of resistance, it's experiencing redemptive work, salvation, and even miracles are breaking out. And although it is 30 years and 28 chapters, it is filled with stories of ordinary people encountering a supernatural God. And just maybe today as we go through this passage, you would see that there's some ordinary places of your life, places you maybe even have given up on, that God supernaturally wants to show up starting today, starting right now. In fact, I have a message for you uh, there really is a question I'm asking, a title today is really a question I'm asking you to ask yourself, to ask your faith this week, maybe every day. You ask yourself, and a simple question is this, why not today? If God did it back then, if God did it in the Old Testament heroes, and then by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is given birth in this new covenant church, if he did it then, why not today? And if you haven't asked that question, then maybe you've been stuck in a, a flat line in your faith. I think God's going to resuscitate you, revive you, and get you thinking, believing, and even dreaming again that, that with God, anything is possible. And by the way, we get to do life with God, that he's with us, that he's for us. And, and then as we believe, in, and we're going to see today, that we can just have an atmosphere of opportunity to expect God to do something spiritually significant, even miraculous in nature. Amen. Can we pray before we open the word? Would you join me? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word that shows us the life of Jesus and calls us to live more like him and then shows us that by grace it is possible to live a life bigger than ourselves. 
And so, Lord, we get out of our comfort zone this morning, and we ask the comforter of the Holy Spirit to speak and to challenge. Challenge places of our heart where our faith has gone dormant. And then, Lord, begin to see ourselves as people living in this promised place of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and even the power of God in showing up in imperfect situations in our life and in our world. Lord, we love you. We need you. Make us more like Jesus today. And it's in his mighty name that we pray. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Why not today? You know, in fact, if you look at the book of Acts, in fact, Acts chapter 2 is this pivotal, pivotal story in all of humanity's interaction with God and God's interaction with us. It's the gift of his spirit. It's the first three-fourths of that chapter, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And some people would ask when it comes to the question, why not today, is why aren't we seeing that kind of move of God's presence today? And I'm not gonna tackle that because I just did that in the Upper Room series that we were in. If you haven't, weren't here for that, you can watch that. But then the second half, in fact, it was in our offering thought for the day of why don't we experience like the intimacy, the community, and the power of that New Testament church, that New Covenant church, that Acts chapter 2 church? It says some things that like we should wonder, uh, are we lacking this in our, in our life, this, this purity and this power of the early church? It says in Acts 2 verse 42 that they, they were devoted to, to, to really the church, the, the, the teaching of the apostles. They were devoted to the word. They were devoted to prayer. They're devoted to gathering regularly in big settings and in small settings. They were, they were devoted to crazy, sacrificial generosity. And with all of that, God did something so unique that we're still a part of the reverberations of what happened 2,000 years ago because we're still that church today. That if we want to experience the, the, the outpouring of salvations and revival, if we want to experience the the gifts of God showing up in even a supernatural way, we might need to go back to the beginning and start to mimic the characteristics of these people that just lived differently. If God did it back then, why not today? Because not every day has to be ordinary. I understand the book of Acts, it's 30 years, and there's miracle stories throughout. But what about the next 30 years of our life, or even the next three years of our life? What if we got to the place where we were believing that the same God that worked back then is still working now? Because by the way, he is. He's still setting captives free. He's still bringing recovery of sight to the blind. He's still the great provider, Jehovah Jireh at work. He's still our daily bread and portion. He's still good and he's not done. So just because he did it back then and you haven't seen it now, you should still ask the question, why not today? In fact, as we bleed from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 3, we see a story that on a normal day, something abnormal happens. Something happens that was a, a hallmark of God's heart for people. That God so cares about the broken places and the broken dreams that he still shows up. And if he did it 2,000 years ago for this man, why not you and your life today? Acts chapter 3, it just says one day. One day, it was Peter and John, and they were going up to the temple for a time of prayer. There's a prayer gathering at three in the afternoon. Now, there was a man who was lame from birth, and he was always carried to the temple gate. He was not allowed in because he was broken. There was a, there was a, a barrier keeping him out of the gate, but they always left him at the gate, and the gate was named Beautiful. There's something ornate, something special about this gate, and that's where he sat. And he sat, he was put there 
every day. Every day this was his existence. He begged for a little change, maybe a couple shekels, so he could buy some food, so he could just exist every day. The same story. He just lived it out. And as he was begging people there, he didn't expect some extraordinary people to show up. I don't say extraordinary because of their own abilities, but they had just tapped into this thing called faith and trusting Jesus, and they were not willing just to make every day the same day. They had an open heart for the opportunity of what God could do in a moment if we would have some faith. And here comes Peter and John about ready to enter the prayer service, and he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, hey, Look up at us. So here's the story. The man is put at the gate every single day. This is his existence. However, good news for him, some people that believe in a big God and believe in the goodness of God and the power of God, some people that have been with Jesus, are walking up past this man on this one day in his everyday life. And he looks up and sees them. But then Peter says, look up at me again, which that means he looked up, saw them, put out his cup or his hand, and put his head back down. He was in a moment of dishonor, a moment where he wasn't gonna make eye contact. He was just looking for some help to exist for another day. But Peter says, no, 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 give me your attention. Look up at me. Verse five, the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them, just a few coins, just to make it through another day. And Peter said, I don't actually have what you think you want, but I actually have what you really need. Silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, he began to walk. He was no longer carried in outside the courts, he got to go into the temple, into the courts, and there he was jumping and praising God. And then all the people saw this, saw him walking, saw him praising God. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit there every single day begging at the temple gate, beautiful, but now they were filled in wonder because today was a day of amazement because something special, powerful, personal happened to him. He had this everyday expectation that it would still be the same old, same old. I just want enough to get by, but today was a day when something else entered the equation. Things were beginning to look up First and foremost, he thought, okay, maybe I'm just going to get a little something from these Apostle Peter and Apostle John, and yet God had a, God had a bigger plan. They, they were going up to the temple, he looked up, and then they lifted him up. Do you know that just even, you need to understand that when you have found Jesus, or Jesus has found you, when you have said yes to Jesus, when you have said yes to the good news of what God has already done, or what we would call the gospel, it is a story of an elevated life. It is a story that from the highest heights of heaven, he came to the lowest of lows. He experienced death, even death on a cross. He humbled and poured himself out in the lowest way possible. And from that, he came down to our low and in our trust in him has forever elevated, not just to try to scrap for one day at a time, but actually every day we can experience the love of God the goodness of God, the salvation of God, and can keep moving forward in the redemption of God for your life. And so the gospel is a story of elevation. So if you were living low, you might need to have a fresh look at what Jesus has already done for you. And I would tell you, if he's done some good things for you, he's not done yet. There's still more for you. This man looked up, and at the thought of why not today, 
I, I would ask you to maybe look at your problem, your pain point, or your struggle from a different perspective today. Because I believe this with all my heart. If you can expect more, you will see more. I believe that God loves to respond. In fact, the word says that he moves when we have faith. We see that in the life of Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. That when Jesus sees faith and hears faith, something responds in that moment. And in fact, if you can just say, I'm going to believe God, not for the same old, same old every day, but I believe him for today, but to be a different day or the start of a new day or new chapter in my life. If I could just expect a little more, I would begin to see God do a little more. Well, because faith is what the Bible says, it's the substance of that which we have hoped for. The Bible also says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if you're low on hope, you don't have any faith in the goodness of God. You've lost that belief that elevates you or lifts you because when hope rises, faith gets involved. And I can start seeing that maybe God isn't done in my struggle or my situation or scenario. I might be the one who's just thinking it's the same old day. I just need enough to get by. Some of you came into church today with that same mentality. You came and you dropped yourself off and you thought, you know what? Just give me a little bread. Give me a couple coins. Give me a little change in my life. And just maybe I'm going to make it through another week and keep existing in the same day over again. But I've come to tell you today, why not today? Why not be believing for God to do what he's always wanted to do? Well, why didn't it happen yesterday? I don't know why it didn't happen yesterday. All I can worry about, the Bible says, is today. That today I can have an expectation, and if I would expect more, I would begin to see more of God going to work. Because it's true, when your hope begins to rise, then your faith is connected, and it's an elevated place where you can see what God has on the horizon. Like a captain going to a, a new ship or an explorer setting out to find a distant land, he is not going to see where they're going if he's down in the belly of the ship. He's got to be up in the crow's nest in that elevated place to see this might be where we need to go on the horizon. In the same way, God wants you by your spirit not to live down to the ordinary or the status quo of your situation or your struggle of what you've always been in. Begin to get some hope that leads you into faith to just think, okay, the Bible says with God all things are possible if, if you believe. Where do I need to believe more? Where do I need to put more hope in? Where do I, where maybe my heart has gotten a little sick and I feel a little lame. I feel left out of the gate or the access point of what God has for me. Where do I need to change my perspective? And I think of Peter and John. To me, it's amazing that these are the two apostles that are in this story just because of what they represent. What they represent. What do we know about Peter? We know that Peter's not perfect. We know that Peter bailed on Jesus and Peter need restoration. And God still chose him to be the leader of the church. I don't know about you, that's good news. The good news is that your perfection, or let's say it this way, your imperfection didn't disqualify you and your pretend perfection didn't qualify you. Like it's all about Jesus' restoration of us. He gives second chances and third chances and fourth chances. But what I know about Peter is that he's, he, 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 he's a talker and he's a man of action, sometimes stupidly so. And as a man, I understand that. I understand that, like, hey, sometimes you want to just cut off someone's ear and let Jesus figure it out. I love about Peter, but he's the one guy that got out of the boat. Yeah, he sank when he took his eyes off Jesus. It is better to be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. I like Peter. I like Peter. 
imperfect Peter that God still puts in a place of authority. I love that. What does Peter represent? Peter represents that just like childlike faith. I'll get out on the water. Uh, where do you want me to go, Jesus? I'll do it. I love that. What about John? What does Pastor John represent? Well, if you ask John, like, what do you think about yourself? He tells us in his gospel story, where he's writing the story, he gives himself a moniker. Do you know what it is? He's the disciple that Jesus loved. Four Bible readers in the church is great. It's revival. He's the one that, that Jesus loved. In other words, you're getting to write the own story. What are you going to say about yourself? I love that. He says, you know what? I don't know about these other guys. I think Jesus liked them. Maybe Judas, not as much, but let me tell you what I think about who I am in Christ. Oh, I'm loved. I'm loved. I love that what is coming into the situation of a, of, of a hopeless, same day, same story struggle for this lame man is all of a sudden walking up together is faith and love. And if you are flat in your expectation of the goodness of God, it is likely that you need to grow in faith and love. We had a like breaker go out on our air our AC last night, of course, when it's the hottest night ever. And I don't, I'm not the handiest dude on the planet, but I've got YouTube and uh, a willing spirit. And so I was up last night trying to figure this all out. And I don't know how it all works, but I do know this. If the breaker's off, everything's going to stay off. When the breaker's off, everything's going to be broke. There's a missing connection. For some of you, some broke places in your life, some damaged places in your life, some frustration in your life is because there's something in the circuit of your faith that needs a reconnection. I'm telling you, it's faith and love. I'm telling you, if you could get faith and love, I mean, these are the most fundamental parts of our belief, is it? That we have to have a faith in the goodness of God and what he's done through Jesus and that he's not done yet. And we gotta know that God actually cares enough to get involved in our crisis or our situation. And with faith and love, those are really the conduits of where God's best shows up and where God's power flows. You know this, if the light switch is on, the lights are on. If the lights are, if it's down, it's off. And some of you, the places that are off in your life, it's because you need to flip the switch again to get your eyes up that God is not done and that he is still good and he still does miracles. And if he did it back then, why not today? Why not you? If I can get a little bit of faith and a little bit of love, I have a conduit to where God's power can flow, flow through me. So you might need to flip the switch and raise your eyes, raise your perspective, get your faith back even just a little bit and begin to hope again that God who loves you is not finished with you. I think when we ask questions like, why not today, when we're just inspired by Old Testament stories and just trying our best to grit through the, the obedience to the teachings of Jesus, which is a great way to live your life, but we never include the power of God or the grace of God to do what we cannot do. In other words, when we're just trying to learn and we're never trying to lean in to even significant moments, for, for Peter and John, it would be for this other person that we're never leveraging our life in the unknown of trusting God to do something beyond what we maybe have seen in times past, we get into this place where like, like, like no wonder the miracles stop. We're just expecting the same thing we've all, always seen, except when we start to get faith engaged 
and love involved. It moves us into a action step of obedience. And with those kind of moves, all things are possible. This man is left at the gate called beautiful. And the, the, the Greek word there for beautiful, it's the word horias. And, and, and beautiful or ornate is one way you can define it. Uh, but many scholars believe it's actually the original use of this Greek word that we see in other places in our Bible. It actually has a totally different meaning than something that looks pretty. It actually, it actually means something that is happening or coming at the right time. In other words, it speaks more about ripeness or readiness than it does beauty or ornateness. In other words, it's, it's about something that's right on schedule or something that's, that's ready. What did Jesus say to his disciples when they were wondering, hey, when are you gonna do all the things he said you're gonna do? He says, hey, why are you looking down right now? Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. He says, look, the, the fields are already white or overripe with harvest. I'm already doing it. If you don't just look down, if you would look up. But of course, at that time, he was speaking of the Samaritan people that were coming to have a revival with Jesus. The outsiders were being brought in. And so for some of you, I'm here to tell you the thing you feel like you're stuck in and left behind in, it's not this beautiful place that you can't get in because of your brokenness. It's actually the ripe time, the right time for God to do the harvest in your heart that he's always wanted to do. Peter says, look at us. And the man looked at him like looking to receive something from them. The man wanted a handout just to make it through another day. But the apostles did not have their wallets. They did not have Venmo. They did not have Apple Pay. He's like, your friend invited you to lunch and then left his wallet in the car. Great. You're still waiting on the cash app response that you sent him. But they didn't have what this man thought he needed. But they actually had what God wanted him to experience. He wanted another for another day. And Peter and John are thinking, why not today? Why not just trust God to do something Today, Peter says, silver and gold, I, I do not have. But what I do have, I, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and, and walk. Yeah, Pastor God, yeah, it's great. But that, you already said, those are the apostles. Those are like the apostles. This is Peter. This is John. I'm just, I'm just me. Later, same story, but in the next chapter, Acts chapter 4. They stir a commotion because a revival is breaking out because of this miracle story. And the members of the council, the rulers of the city, were amazed because they saw the boldness, or one way you could translate, the courage of Peter and John. For they could see what? That they were ordinary men. Greek word there is idiotase. Guess what other word we get from that? Idiot. Okay? I didn't call them that. The Bible did. <laughs> like, these guys are ordinary. They're average. They're maybe even less than average. And so they could see that they were ordinary with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them, though, as men who had been with Jesus. Oh, here's an X factor to elevate your life. Education is great. Get all the degrees you want. Open every door that you can in your own ability and your relational connection. Nothing wrong with that. But there are some doors that are open in our life that only God can open. And he does not respond to how well you know the scripture. He responds to how much you trust in his goodness. How much faith and love can you believe in in this current situation or this barrier that you are facing? 
It's not an education, but it's, it's boldness that brought the power for transformation. Why? They had been with Jesus. So if you're flat in your faith and you're low on hope and you feel left out of the gate, what you need to do instead of trying to figure it all out or just make it through another day, you need to find where have I left proximity, closeness, and by that I mean intimacy with Jesus. If I can just be with him, which you can do all day, every day, throughout your day, you will actually grow in the spirit of faith and courage. You'll start saying, why not today, and see God. God do something that he's always wanted to do, that we we'll all have the opportunity like they do. And I'm not calling you an idiotase. I'm just saying ordinary people are not excluded from the extraordinary power and plan of heaven. Why not today? They got this man. They looked at him. They touched him. They reached out to him. And even though Peter says, look at us, he's just trying to make a place of connection. What I love about Peter is this was not about him. Do you want to see God go to work in your life? When you get out of the way, God gets involved. By that I mean you're not that, not that you're leaving all a responsibility. You have a part to play, but it isn't about you. This whole story isn't about Peter. It's about God's love for this man, this beggar. Like even in your daily agenda, some of you are master planners. You are planning everything out. Like you've got the rest of the day focused. You've got your apps at work, your checklist at work. You're the people that are here on time for the first worship song, not the rest of the free-spirited ones out there. No judgment. But every once in a while, you just need to ask, okay, why not today do I allow some space for God's agenda? Then maybe his agenda is a little different than mine. And then maybe God will bless what I'm asking him to bless and order my steps today, but just maybe there's a step that's outside the normal. And if all that Peter and John were focusing on was just getting to prayer or getting to church, they would have missed this miracle that sparked a revival in Jerusalem. They would have missed this moment that God was wanting to do, but they said, it's not about my agenda. God, what do you want to do? And it's not about Peter. It's about people that are the promised land. I think God's power flows through you when you don't make it about you. Like, tell me, which hand healed this man? Was it Peter or God's? Well, the answer is yes. Because could God do it without the hand of Peter? Of course he can, but God chooses to go to work in partnership with us. And then when we do not make life about ourselves and just getting to our next thing and our next goal and make goals and go after them, but we don't just try to get God to bless our agenda for the day, but we try to get in on heaven's agenda for every day. We will start seeing moments and opportunities where God's power by faith and love flows as a conduit to hurting people that are all around us when we don't make it about, about us. Because Peter's hand got activated and God's power showed up in that place of faith. It's Colossians 1 that says, it's Christ in you, it's in you, it's in you, the hope of glory. The same power that raised you from the dead is in you. There's something catalytic that changes the world inside of you, and it's the spirit of the living God. If they had it back then, why not today? I think when we lean in, he leans into a moment that's uncomfortable, a moment that requires some faith and obedience, a moment that, like, we're... Peter has an expectancy, and this man's expecting something small, but he's about ready to get his expectations forever changed by the goodness of God. He lingers in the moment, and Peter, in verse 4, says, he looks straight at him. He says, look at us. So the man gave them attention. He was expecting something from them. What are you expecting? When's the last time you really looked? I know the busyness of life, even in the summer. 
all the things that you have going on. Liz and I get up every day, and all of a sudden our kids get up, and then they're not in school. And we're like, why are you still here? This is, <laughs> this is throwing our agenda. She's a super mom, has a million things planned for them. Um, it's pretty awesome. They, they have a lot of fun, but, but it's out of the normal. I think maybe this summer, maybe, maybe we pause and maybe don't say yes to everything you could do with all the social opportunities and maybe all the work things you need to be at. And just pause in the moment and say, okay, God, why not today would I lean in to the, the opportunity that's before me to love and to minister to other people around me? Because when you start becoming that conduit to which God powers, God's power flows to others, it's in when you will actually become even a greater reservoir for what he will do in you. And some of you, the key ingredient to seeing the, 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 the broken place or the struggle season ended in your life or restored in your life is when you don't make it about you, but what God wants to do, what God wants to do through you. My kids, when they have a broken toy, they come to me. I, again, I've already said I'm not the handiest guy on the planet, but I can YouTube it, and I have one of those little screwdrivers, and we have lots of batteries. <laughs> so I can fix most every problem. Nine out of 10, I've got fixed. And the kids bring it to me, why? They think I have the skill to do something about it. And then they ask me, Daddy, please, would you do this for me? And in that moment, you know what I'm gonna say? Of course. Why? Because I love them. If it's in my ability to do, right, and I care enough to do it, consider it done. Some problems take longer than others. Now, nothing takes long for God, although sometimes he takes his time. But if you will start coming to God in your situation, the gates that you don't have access to, the places where things aren't working in your life or in your marriage or the raising of your kids or your career or even your internal world seem to feel that trauma. If you start coming to the places where you feel on the ground and left out of the beautiful things, the best things, and saying, God, can you? You know the answer is yes. Same power still at work. Then the question is, do you care enough to do it? Friends, we have the proof of the cross of Jesus Christ that God will go to great lengths and great sacrifices to secure victory, salvation, and redemption for you. And if he did that back then, why not today? What do you need to start expecting again for God to do? Do you want to see a revival in your family? Do you want to see a revival in Kansas City? I know I do. I know I'm in this place of like, God, I do not want you just to bless my agenda. I want to get in on heaven's agenda. And if you want to bless the world through my life and heal the world through my life, God, it's not just what I'm trying to get you to do for me. Do something through me. And the people that live with that kind of perspective will always be on the prime candidate for the more than capable power of God to perfect every situation or struggle that you find yourself in today. Can your father fix it? Of course he can. And Willie, I believe yes. Yes and amen in Christ because nothing's too difficult for God and he loves you with an everlasting love. I love that they don't pray a long, drawn-out prayer. In fact, this really isn't a prayer at all. This is a, it's a power play. And Peter has an access to something that you have too as well. It's not a prayer. He just literally grabs him by the hand and says, in the name of Jesus and Nazareth, get up and walk. It's like a declaration. Now, God's power does have a, a, a password that's the name of Jesus. And you are not leaning on the power, the anointing that destroys the yokes or the burdens of life, the miraculous change agent that is the name of Jesus over that situation, over that struggle. What does it say about Jesus and 
the end of the gospel story, it's that he understood that all power and authority in heaven and earth was his. And then what did he do? He gets down and washes the feet of the disciples. Even in all authority and power, he's still a servant of the people he loves. And friends, he loves you. What does it say in, in, in Philippians 2? That he humbled himself. He didn't make it about himself. He poured himself out. And because he did that and died a sinner's death on the cross, God elevated him to the name that is above every name. And at that name, everything has to bow. Every gate you don't have access to is opened in Christ. That he is still at work. And we have that name. We have that name. I love this one thought that Peter has when it's just not about, not about him. In verse 12, at the end of the story, verse 12, he says, when Peter saw this, what, what was this? They came up to Peter like, dog, oh my gosh, look what you just did. You and John, oh, this is amazing. The crowd rallies around the miracle and they're talking to them like they're the miracle workers. And Peter's response is so powerful. Peter says, when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, Man, this challenges me so much. Why does this surprise you? Peter, what do you mean, why does this surprise me? This is a miracle. Well, Peter had been close with Jesus long enough to know that's what Jesus does. He does miracles. He helps people in their heartache. He sets the captives free. He brings recovery to sight to the blind. He restores the plan of heaven for people's lives. The best of God is found in Jesus, and we have Jesus. Why does this surprise you? It's just like asking, why not today? Like, do you, can you have a faith that when God showed up, you would actually be, that's actually, that's actually what I was expecting. Because I was expecting more because my eyes aren't on my current situation. They're on the goodness of my God. Where does my help come from? Psalms 122, it comes from the Lord. I'm not looking at my own ability. I'm not looking at my education. I'm not looking at the people that got me into this place and some codependency thing to get into. No, I am looking at the one who created everything. And guess what? His attention is on me. His attention is on you. Your help comes from him. Peter says, it's not me. It's God that made this walk. This man walk. It's Jesus' power. So why not you today? Where do you need him to show up? Or maybe you could grow, even elevate past that. Where can God show up through you to the world around you? If we believe he did it back then, and that same spirit that fell in Acts 2 is still here in the book of Acts 2023. 20, like, what could he not do in your life as well? Why don't you stand your feet? I want to pray for you. What are you, what are you expecting? Why not today? What's the change that you need in your life? What's the breakthrough you need in your life? What's the broken place that's in your life? Do you know that it is ripe for God's plan? The gate is beautiful because it's perfectly in bloom for right now. That's the goodness of God. And I'm not saying that you believe today you'll experience a miracle today, but I'm also saying, why not today? Why not stir up our faith again that God isn't dead and his hand is not grown short, that he can still reach, secure, and redeem every situation in our life? You might feel broken at the gate, but guess what? There's a hand of heaven grabbing you, even by the heart, and will lift you up with hope. It will fill you up with faith, and you will experience his love. 
Maybe there's something that you need to do that is your action step just like Peter did, but we can declare the name of Jesus in that situation and watch and see that the enemy has to flee and strongholds have to come tumbling down and broken places become made brand new and become in bloom. They become perfectly ripe, the harvest that God has for your life, for your family, and for your heart. If you're here today and you'd honestly say, I, I'm in a struggle place. I'm in a broken place. I've given up on a dream. I feel lame in this area. I feel like I'm not getting in on what God has for me. If that is you today, would you just lift up your hand in the room? Let us know online. If that's you, come on, lift your hand. Put your hand up high. That spirit of humility, you should be proud of the fact that you need reliance on God. I've got my hand up this morning. I want God to show up in some new places in my life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you. Every lifted hand is a heart that is asking for heaven to go to work. And God, you love to go to work because you care so much about us. So Lord, I thank you. We're not looking down at our pain and we're not looking at the gate that we don't feel like we'll ever get into. We're looking to the God that left the glory of heaven to come down to our daily grind and lived a life of perfection so we don't have to, to qualify for your goodness and your grace. It is the free gift that's been given to us because of Jesus' obedience on the cross and he is not done yet. He rose from the grave and he's raising us to new life. In every situation and every struggle and every broken place, I thank you. Why not today, God? Would you give them faith? Would you let them experience your love? And would you go to work? Let the conduits of your power be open to flow in their lives, in their families, in this church, and in this city. So God, I thank you that we're believing again, we're reaching to you again. And I declare right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak life where there's been death. I speak hope where there's been defeat. I speak faith where there's been failure. I speak joy where there's been pain. I speak peace where there's been chaos. I speak breakthrough in the name of Jesus. All access granted to the goodness of God will be the testimony of this day. In Jesus' name. If you are here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, that is the first hand up to experience all that heaven has for you. Maybe you prayed a prayer before. Maybe you grew up in church, but you know, he has not been first in your life. The greatest gift of all is not that God opens doors or God can even heal your physical body, which he can, I believe he will is that God can revive and restore your heart back into relationship with God. What you were meant to as a son or a daughter of God, you are meant to be close to God. That's why you were created on purpose for a purpose, but you have to have Jesus at the center of it all. And if anything else is in the place of first, we need to realign your life right here, right now. If you've never received it, do not miss, because why not today? Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. It is your day of new beginnings. It's your day of belonging in the love of God. You are not qualified based upon your character. You are qualified based upon the completion of the cross. If that's you with no one looking around, let's bow our heads, and you need a fresh start with Jesus. Today is your day. Why not today? Today is your day of new beginnings. Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Kyle, that's me. Count me in this prayer. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's six, there's seven, there's eight, there's nine, there's 10, there's 11. I see you, sir. Maybe that's you online. Maybe that's you at Lansing. Let's put our hands out. I see you at the very end. Come on, that's awesome. Put your hands down. Let's lift up our heads for a moment. Open our eyes and pray the best prayer on the planet. The prayer of new beginnings. All of us pray together as one family of faith. Can you say this with me? Say, thank you, God, for sending Jesus to save me. 
I was broken. I was separated. But you sent a healer. You sent a restorer. You sent a savior. My king is Jesus. It's not my plan. It's your plan. I won't be perfect, but your grace is enough. I'm leaving my old behind. I'm going after you. Today is the day of my salvation. Today is the day of my victory. Today is the day of a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we celebrate with heaven, let's fill the room with praise because God is still at work and he's not done yet, amen. Amen, I love you, church. Amen, church, let's celebrate one more time for everyone who